Welcome to Embers and Wind. Are you feeling a calling to serve? What if answering this calling unleashes from deep within you leadership potential? I'm your podcast host, Keith Weedman. Blended three decades experience with knowledge from multiple disciplines to unleash hidden potential in others. In this weekly podcast, my distinguished guests and I will share what fuels us and how we serve. You will feel a gentle wind on the embers of service that glow within you. You will receive kindling for your capabilities and knowledge to build skills. You can utilize this gentle wind to ignite the kindling. You will be guided to do this for people you lead and serve. You can apply what you learn with people you love. Get ready to feel the gentle wind. Eric Feinindigen is an award-winning, internationally recognized speaker, trainer, and executive coach. He's a two-time finalist in the Toastmasters International Annual War Championship of Public Speaking, TEDx speaker, Ignite speaker, professional MC, and a certified coach and speaker and trainer with the John C. Maxwell team. He's the president and founder of Inspire to Empower, LLC, a leading communication and leadership development company. His individual clients range from solopreneurs to corporate CEOs. He has spoken to organizations ranging from startups to Fortune 100 companies. Eric has earned the highest distinction available through Toastmasters International. He's a founding member of Midwest Speaking Professionals and Advanced Toastmasters Club for keynote speakers and aspiring keynote speakers. Eric spends his time with family, coaching his kids, his kids' sports teams, attending his daughter's recitals, volunteering at Feed My Starving Children, and when he gets time, playing golf. The title of this episode is Strategies to Lead an Inspired Life. Please join me in welcoming Eric Fanandigan to Ambers and Wind. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much, Keith, uh, for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks since we last spoke, and I know we're going to have some fun. We are going to have some fun. And let's dive right in. What sport did you play in college? Well, I did a lot of things in college. I double majored and subjects were economics and finance, but the sports was basketball. It's been a passion of mine ever since I entered the fourth grade. It continues to be a passion of mine. After I was done playing competitively, I refereed, also coached, and I'm currently coaching my son's sixth grade team. So it's been a life filled with basketball, Keith. Excellent. How is what you learned in sports relevant to strategies to live an inspired life? Well, I think the parallels are many. Anyone that's played sports, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever it may be, you know that you cannot succeed by yourself. It requires a total team effort. It requires accountability, a game plan, a vision, constant practice, rehearsal, everything that goes into winning and competing. When you look at that and you transfer that into our individual lives, again, the, the lessons, it's a direct transfer. So when we look at trying to live an inspired life, we also need to rely on others. We need to form teams. We need to have accountability. What I talk about in my book is it's the people that you hang around with that really are going to impact you the most. When I look back at the winning teams, 
We had great coaches. We had great leaders. Of course, we had great athletes. But what we did was we held each other accountable into a high standard. And I feel that if you want to live an inspired life, whatever the endeavor it is, whatever vocation, career, whatever you want to do, all those facets come into play. So it's not just one thing, but it's many, many things that's going to keep you inspired and stay inspired throughout your life. I heard you say that you hold each other accountable. How does feedback relate to holding each other accountable? <laughs> it's, it, it's a direct relation again. I'll never forget, it was my freshman year when we were getting ready for the, the big tournament. We had an unbelievable team when I played in college. It was St. Joseph's College in uh, Rensselaer, Indiana. We were a Division II team, and we were nationally ranked. We qualified for the NCAA tournament. And to prepare for that, our coach was very smart. When we were running our wind sprints, he said, all right, if anyone misses their time on the wind sprints, not just that individual, but the whole team is going to have to rerun their wind sprints. Keith, I will tell you that nobody wanted to be the person to make everybody else rerun those sprints. And when you look at coaching and what we do, and again, in our careers and our life, we have to have people they're going to hold our feet to the fire. You know, when you look at entrepreneurs, they have a unique ability to be self-starters, to work for themselves. But when you look at people as a whole, most people can't work for themselves. They need somebody to be offering suggestions, to be offering that feedback. So when you look at feedback and accountability, I say have someone that's going to encourage you, that's going to be a coach in your corner, but that's also going to be honest with you. And I think that's one of the things that we don't get um, in the world today is that honest feedback. And it's a matter of asking for it and being willing to receive that feedback. And then here's the key, Keith. It's taking that feedback and utilizing it so you're better the next time. And that's what you did in sports. How is that different than what you do as a coach now in the business world? Well, when I coach people, it's actually changed quite a bit since I became a John C. Maxwell Leadership Certified. Before I, I got certified, I used to be in a position of more offering suggestions to the person I was coaching. Now, through the certification, I have flipped that. And I allow the person that I'm coaching to come to his or her own truth. And that is accomplished by a series of questions. You know, I'll never forget uh, when I was at the Maxwell Leadership Conference, they had someone who was a professional juggler go on stage. And there was about three or 4,000 of us in the audience. And probably two people in the audience knew how to juggle. But what this individual did, and he taught us the power of coaching through questions, is he simply Mm -hmm. said, okay, if you were going to start juggling, what would you do? And then he took us through a series of questions and steps to where we actually figured out ourselves how to make those balls work in tandem. And that's exactly what we do when it comes to coaching. Because when a client comes to his or her own truth and his or her own answers by digging deep and coming into by themselves, well, they can't question the outcome. And now... Now the client is independent of the coach. And I think that's something that's very important because in coaching situations, what we see too often 
is that the client is overly dependent on the coach. We want to empower people with skills so they can be productive on their own. So that's that's how I use coaching in my practice. Thank you for sharing that. So what brings you joy on a stage? Well, I will say this. When you look back at my speaking career, which is going on 18 years now, it wasn't always a fun experience. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say what brings me joy, that is a complicated answer. I'll begin by saying this. I was at a Chamber of Commerce meeting and a woman approached me and said, Eric, have you ever heard of Toastmasters? And that was her nice way of saying, Eric, you need help. <laughs> so... <laughs> I joined Toastmasters, and we may talk about this again later in the program, but I started working on my leadership and communication ability. And when you look at the joy, it's twofold. On a personal, individual level, it allows me to grow. And I think speaking is a journey of self-discovery. Because when you speak, we're sharing lessons from our own life. And we have to go to places in our life that sometimes we don't want to go to some of the darker places where we're dealing with our failures and our frustrations. Now, why do we do that? Because that's what the teaching lessons are. So when I take those lessons, and this is where it gets moved to the joy for the audience, well, now as a speaker, if I can improve the condition of someone in the audience, just one person, Keith, that gives me ultimate satisfaction, ultimate joy. Because that is the goal here. The world clearly is in a very disruptive place. There's a lot of issues out there. Obviously, we're coming mm -hmm. off of two plus years of a pandemic. Now we have wars going on. And I mean, just all these type of issues. So we all, we all need help. We all need positive messages. And if I can share those positive messages, move people to a spot where they weren't before, improve their condition, just lighten their load just a little bit. That is the ultimate joy right there, to be able to help others and lighten their load and give them strategies to succeed in their life. So what came first, joy or passion? Another great question. I've always been a passionate person. For me personally, it's been intrinsic. I've had a number of passions in my life, starting with basketball. You know, my goal was to play in the NBA but being 5'7 and not the best jumper, Keith. <laughs> you know, college was the, the highest level I can go, but that was definitely right. a passion of mine. And I think what happens is when an individual pursues their passion, that's where the joy comes from. Because now you're doing what makes you happy. Uh, you're doing things that give you self-satisfaction, uh, things mm -hmm. that are meaningful in your life. And when you look at joy... I feel when we take a passion, we pursue that, and we overcome some of the things that may stop us from pursuing that passion. That's when the true joy comes, because now we're growing. Now we're moving to a different level. We're evolving as a human being. So I think the passion, definitely for me, it comes first. And I think it does for a lot of people. And when you have the ability to pursue that and to grow that passion, man, that's a great combination. Then the joy is just going to explode out of you. It really is. So did you develop your passion for being on stages in Toastmasters? I definitely did. Because what happened for me was every time I stepped on stage, and in the beginning, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> All right. In the beginning, <laughs> right? Like most people that start anything new, you know, I, I wasn't that good. But 
we have to have the courage to be bad first at something. And I went through a series of failures on stage, but I said, you know what, Eric, every time I would get off that stage, I was a little bit better and a little Mm -hmm. bit better. So I was willing to put myself in positions many, many, many times where I knew I was going to grow. And every time I grew, Keith, that lit a spark in me. Because to me, growth is the the best legal drug out there. When you're growing, that to me is living an inspired life. And that is the basis of my book. It's all about growth. Because when you're constantly growing, evolving, living outside your comfort zone, here's the real key. When you do something that you thought you could not do, when you break through that mental barrier, oh, there is no better feeling in the world. That, that right there to me is the pinnacle of living an inspired life. It is breaking through those barriers, again, doing something you thought you originally couldn't do because that inspires you. That ignites that spark to do right. bigger, even better things. Eric, can you share some tips for people who do public speaking? Absolutely. And I'll just say what I recommend to people and especially public speaking is learn from speakers that you both like and do not like, because this way you can develop your own style based on, okay, you know, I like what he or she did on stage. I'm going to maybe avoid doing that. And then you can develop your own personality because I think the biggest challenge we have as speakers outside of controlling nerves, which I'll talk about in a second is simply being ourselves on stage. If you look at the best speakers in the world, Mm -hmm. they simply are themselves on stage sharing a message that's important to them that can help others in their audience. So what I would say to people that are either new to public speaking, looking to get Mm -hmm. involved, or if you're a current professional, as a reminder, be yourself on stage. Don't try too hard. The audience does want you to succeed, despite what a lot of people think. You know, no one says, hey, I want that speaker to fail. But the key is take the focus off of you and switch that focus and put it on your listener. Because when you come from a place of offering a gift of your knowledge, the things that you've learned in your life, and you sincerely want to help others, then those nerves wash away. Because you're coming from the right spot, the focus is off of you as a speaker, and now it's simply offering a gift to the people in your audience. But that being said, if you want to be the best speaker you can, mm-hmm. you cannot replace rehearsal, practice, and everything that goes into it. Because 98% of the success of your speech happens mm-hmm. before you ever take that stage. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. Now, focusing on leaders and also companies, what problem can you help them solve through your keynote speeches? When it comes to leadership, I think a challenge that a lot of people have is they want to offer advice when it may not be needed. And they think they're, they're coming from the, the right place, but a lot of times intentions uh, may be misaligned. And what I mean by that is... When it comes to leadership, it's about influence. And for my keynote speeches, I do share a lot of ways that people can influence 
whether you're the CEO of a company or your mm-hmm. mid-manager, or if you're you're right out of college, first day on the job, like I was coming out of college, and you're in the mail room, right? You're right, you know, <laughs> taking right. uh, and licking envelopes and putting stamps on. We can all influence Keith. And when you look at organizations, that is the goal. How do we influence? Well, by encouraging others, by acknowledging them publicly. If someone's going through a difficult time, giving them those words of encouragement, allowing people to grow and offering opportunities to them, building more leaders and not followers. That Mm -hmm. is the true goal. Bringing people to a point where, again, they can be empowered, they can have the skills, they can be autonomous in what it is they want to do in their life. Uh And in my keynote speeches, I share many examples of how this is possible. And it could be from a simple smile for someone who's having a bad day to, you know, promoting that person who's been working their tail off for years and years (laughs) and years. It doesn't matter what it is. And Uh it can be through example. It can be through words. It can be through opportunity. But when we influence in a positive way, leadership takes care of itself. It, It really, really does. It really does. I want to focus specifically on CEOs, because what can happen to people is people confuse influence with power. And a CEO has a lot of power over the people they lead. How do you help people draw a distinction between influence and power? Well, let me start by sharing an example. And I'm glad you brought this up. I used to work for a Fortune 500 company when I came out of college. I had, again, a finance and economics degree, and I reported not to the CEO, but an executive vice president. Mm-hmm. And the only voice that he liked was his own. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. He he would ask for advice, but he sure as heck didn't take it. <laughs> that right. is for sure. And he was in a position of power, but not necessarily uh-huh. influence. It's just like when I when I speak from stage, when you shift it off from, you know, what is in it from me to what is in it for we, that is how you can actually make a true difference. And again, I'm going to go back to John C. Maxwell. He talks about moving from success to significance. And that's where these CEOs can switch from power to influence. Because in success, it is. Success is, it's all about me. Me, 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 me. Significance. It's all about we. How do we grow together? You know, people say you can run either faster or you can run farther. Well, you can run faster by yourself. Ah, right. But you can sure as heck run a lot farther when you develop others, when you build a team, when you lift others up. And that's the true meaning of influence. And I think that's the shift that a lot of people need to make where they fall into that power trap. And it is a trap. Some people don't even know they're in it. But when you make that shift from success to significance, Mm -hmm. that is where you can move from power to to influence. So how do you define the word empower? My personal definition is giving people and allowing people to have the skills to have the opportunity to move through life the way they want to, to be, again, autonomous. And whether you want to use independent, interdependent, it doesn't matter to me. But to be able to take advantage of opportunities, to lift oneself up. And when you do that, Keith, now you're in a position to lift others up. 
empowering is again allowing people to to realize their full potential. I've been empowered through you, and I'm just going to share this. I'm a coaching client of yours, Keith, and you sharing some of the knowledge that you've accumulated Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know creating you know positive situations Mm -hmm. with one interaction. Well, now you have transferred your skill set to me. I'm now empowered. I can now use those skills yes. to do that same thing. That is the true meaning of being empowered. It is transferring skills to others. And opportunity is a big part of that. Right. I'm glad I had the opportunity to work with you. And so am I. You know, you, thank you. And it ta- you, know, you talk about constructivism and being able to perceive creatively. I was not aware that existed before we started working together in that coaching client relationship. And you empowered me, Keith. And now, yeah, and now with those skills, with that knowledge, because I am empowered, right? Uh I can now share that with others. Tell us about your book, The Finer Things, and you've got to spell finer for us. Yes, I will. So it is a play in my last name, Feinendagen, F as in Frank, E-I-N, and then the hyphen E-R things. The book is, it's been a goal of mine since I was a kid. I I mentioned that I wanted to play professional basketball growing up. And, you know, my heroes and mentors were people who were very, you know, fluent in that skill. But also my heroes were the motivational speakers and the personal development gurus that were out there. The Les Mm -hmm. Browns, the Jim Rohns, Zig Ziglar is just to name a few. Right. And I was always mesmerized and fascinated about how they can command a room, how they can shift one's perception, one's attitude, mm-hmm. how they can motivate, inspire. And you know, I remember saying, hey, I want to be just like that. And I remember reading their books, uh, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. you know, I think Awaken the Giant Within, if I'm yeah. getting that correctly. And I said, hey, I want to do that. I want that to be me because it had such yeah. profound impact and influence. And again, we go back to Empower. Those books and those individuals empowered me so much that mm-hmm. I wanted to do the same for others. Now, like most things in life, it wasn't an easy path. You know, right. you get married, you have jobs, a career, you, know, <laughs> you got to pay the bills, things like that. So right. I've always had this goal of writing a book. And I started many, many times. Um, but a couple of years ago, I started a video blog called The Finer Things, a quick weekly two-minute blog. I've seen some of those. They're very yeah. good. You know, after about a year or so, I said, I got some good stuff here. I got some good content. And yes. then COVID hit. And when the pandemic was raging, you know, at full swing and you know, everyone's at home and, you know, the world shut down. I said, okay, this is allowing me to go ahead and really focus on this book while the, this whole thing was getting figured out. Yes. And I was able to sit down and <laughs> anyone that's written a book, Keith, knows that it is a labor of love. It takes mm-hmm. a lot longer than expected. I made every mistake that you possibly could, but I kept at it. I kept writing every day. I put good mm-hmm. people around me. You know, I'm not the smartest guy out there, but I do know this. If you put enough good people around you, uh-huh. success is inevitable. And that's what happened with this and this book. And I will say I'm very proud (laughs) that it was published and it's got some great reviews. And I Uh I just feel that the content in there, which is a combination of my own personal philosophies and time-tested philosophies are going to motivate, are going to inspire people. And it's going to lessen the gap between the life that you're living right now 
and the life that you desire to live. Okay, and I'll end this section with this, Keith. Most people say, oh, we only have one life to live. I mm -hmm. disagree wholeheartedly because we're all living two lives. The one we're currently living and then the one that we want to be living. And this yes. book hopefully lessens that gap between those two lives. Now, who specifically is the book written for? Another great question. The strategies and the philosophies, they're for everybody. Doesn't matter race, mm -hmm. creed, gender, identity, whatever it is. But you know, here, here's where the rubber meets the road. It is uh -huh. not written for someone who wants a quick fix. It is not written for someone who wants to take a pill and wake up the next morning and ah, life is wonderful. I'm now, yes. you know, I'm now Superman or Superwoman. Right. Uh -uh. It is written for people that are willing to get their hands dirty. Yes. Who are willing to do the mental work, the physical work, people that are willing to be committed to stay consistent and that are willing to be dreamers. Because, you know, if you look at some of the the people that are high achievers, it comes down to desire and dreaming. And you have to have that first because mm -hmm. if the why isn't big enough, Keith, the hows don't matter. The why will allow you to do the hows. Because and I don't care if it's living an inspired life. I don't care if it's doing a triathlon or, uh -huh. or whatever it may be. Uh -huh. Success takes sacrifice. And that's true in personal development, in basketball, in what you do, public speaking, pick any yes. endeavor. Success requires sacrifice. Same is true with my book. You're going to have to be willing to stay dedicated to the philosophies if you want to get maximum impact. So my book is no different than anything else in yeah. life if you want to be successful at it. It's just that simple. Can you share a story from your book to inspire us? Tough. I've got I've got 52 stories, Keith, <laughs> that I'll inspire you. Here's what I will share. And there, again, there are many, many, many in there. You know, one of my favorites is the chapter is called Wait and See. Because I think in our needed now society, a lot of people, you know, they want the riches. They want the success. You know, they want that overnight fame. And what I say is, you know, the faster success comes, the faster it can leap. <laughs> that is for sure. So I might wait and see, I talk about a situation where I was selling computers at the time and I was doing great. And then I got transferred to another division and I'll just keep the story short as a division that nobody wanted. It was basically where your sales career went to die. <laughs> okay. Ooh. So I, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So of course I was extremely upset, uh, disappointed, fuming, mm -hmm. irate. But then two weeks after that, a cute brunette named Maggie also got transferred into that division and her seat happened to be right next to mine. Well, let's put it this way. She had me before. Hello, Keith. <laughs> and I'm happy to say that Maggie is now my wife of close to 17 years. We have three. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you. We have three, most of the time, wonderful children. And I look back at that situation and I can't believe you know, how that one instance, that one experience where I, I'm telling you, Keith, I was ready to quit the company. I could not believe how upset I was, you know, but then that led to my greatest blessing in life. Yeah. So my, my lesson to the people listening right now is don't be so quick to prejudge a situation. If you find yourself in a challenging moment, 
or you find yourself in an opportunity that you didn't think it was the right one for you, you just never know what that could lead to. Right. Because the path that we go on, right, the greatest fruit, it doesn't always come from the easiest path. The greatest fruit sometimes comes from the hardest climb. You climb that mountain, right? That's where some of the best fruit is. So that one lesson, and that's, again, one of the chapters is don't prejudge too soon. Give opportunities a chance. You might never know what might sprout from that. It changed my life for sure. Yes, absolutely. Great story. How can someone connect with you? I am on social media, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. Also, they can connect via my webpage, which is www inspire2empower.net and that's to2empower.net and uh, you can reach me there I will say this and I'm sure you're probably going to get to this if you are looking Uh for a copy of my book you can get my book (laughs) on www.inspire2empower.net I will also say that the audio book is going to be coming out in about a week or so as well as uh, the ebook is coming and you can also get the book on Amazon but I would love to connect with your listeners. Um, Keith, you have a great circle, uh-huh. the people that you associate with. You have introduced me to so many wonderful people that have right. opened up. I'm not going to share it now, but the people that you have introduced me to have uh-huh. opened up so many opportunities in so Excellent. many different avenues for me. It's It's been a, a, amazing. And I want to thank you publicly right now for, welcome. for your leadership, for your influence, for empowering me through opportunity. And um, I can't thank you enough, Keith, even this, this session here today. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, well, you're very great. welcome, Eric. It's, it's a privilege for me to have you as a guest. There's somebody listening who wants to learn from you. How can they learn from you? I think I can offer quite a few things when it comes to Again, you know, living an inspired life, or if you're looking to become a better leader, a better communicator, you know, how to get and stay motivated. These are some of the things that I consider, you know, myself as proficient at. Obviously, you know, uh-huh. you, know you want you want to find out how to bowl a 300 game or how to break par in golf. I'm not your guy, <laughs> right? right? But when it comes to, hey, I want to be the I want to be able to persuade in front of a room. I want to be able to connect. I want to be able to move people to action. I want to be an influencer. I want to be able to, to lead teams. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Yeah, I agree. Eric, do you have a benevolent call to action you want to invite listeners to take? Yeah, what I would like people to do is to take a step back and ask themselves, two questions. The first question is, where will I be in 5, 10, and 15 years? And I want people to consider that question very seriously, because the unfortunate truth is most people only live based on what's for dinner tonight. Right. If we don't plan, if we don't have a vision, right? If we don't try and find the right people, you know, to rub shoulders with, we're going to make that path a lot more difficult. And most people can't answer that question. Where are you going to be in five, 10 or 15 years? Where do you want to be? Yeah. I mean, and that's the first step you must, first of all, you want, you have to figure out where is it that I want to be. Right. Then you got to figure out how to get there. But if you don't know where you want to be, 
the rest is just conversation. It doesn't matter. And the next call to action is every morning. And this will change your life, Keith. Every morning, how far can I go? How far can I go? Because it is my firm belief that we underestimate our own abilities. We underestimate what we are capable of. And when you put that in your subconscious, how far can I go? That will open your mind to, to, to a whole new world and it will really allow you to see what your possibilities might be. And that is how you get and stay inspired. By living in a world of possibility, living in a world of what could happen. But you, got, you have to plant that seed first and let your mind and your subconscious work on that. And that will get you fired up and motivated and inspired each and every day. Thank you, Eric. I will accept your benevolent call to action. And I invite you to accept it too. Thank you so much, Eric, for being a guest on Embers and Wind. It was my pleasure, Keith. Uh, again, I'm so grateful to you. And I want to thank the listeners for taking their time uh, to be a part of this interview. And uh, I look forward to working with you. I, again, Keith, it's been a wonderful journey being associated with you. And thanks again for your leadership and, uh, and your coaching and this opportunity. Well, and we appreciate you for listening too. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Embers and Wind. Look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Embers and Wind. If you enjoyed today, please come back next week. Please also share this episode with a friend. If you've not already subscribed to Embers and Wind, rated this podcast, and written a review, please do this now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at embersandwind.net. Thank you again for joining us.